0: I would speak to you in the name of the Living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Good morning. Happy Independence Day. Ah, you're welcome. Believe it or not, I think this may be the very first time in my entire eight years at All Saints that I've actually been in the church on the Sunday, closest to the Fourth of July. We are just about to arrive at my eighth anniversary of first being priest in charge and then becoming your rector. And I know that the beginning date fell somewhere during the second week of July. So I know I was not here on the 4th of July when I started back in 2013. The following year, the year of our Lord 2014... I know I was also not here on the Fourth of July because I was in Ireland on this very day seven years ago, marrying my beautiful wife in the ruins of a 15th century Franciscan Abbey near her childhood home on Shirkin Island. I always promised Audrey that if she would marry me on July the Fourth, that she would always have fireworks on our anniversary. And as long as we've been able to be here in this country, I have delivered each and every time. After 2014, I'm pretty sure we have been in Kentucky almost every other year because my family usually has some sort of family reunion on the 4th of July. Even last year, Audrey and I were with my family in Kentucky on July 4th trying to see everyone we could before we had to close the church again for the second summer surge of COVID. Also, in addition to all of those reasons why I haven't been here, in my eight years as your rector, this is the only year that the 4th of July has ever fallen on a Sunday. Trust me, I looked it up. The 4th of July actually moved from a Saturday in the year of 2015 to a Monday in the year of 2016, skipping Sunday altogether because February of 2016 was a leap year. So I guess if there's ever been a time for the rector to rearrange his summer plans and be in the church for the first weekend of July, then it is definitely this year, 2021, when the sixth Sunday after Pentecost lines up for the first time in a good while with the official birthday of our nation on the 4th of July. So now just one question remains. What in the world does a preacher preach when Sunday morning falls on an important national holiday like this one? Well, that's a silly question because I hope you guys already know what the answer to it is. A preacher always preaches on the scripture assigned for the Lord's Day. And that's exactly what I plan to do this morning. And actually, I have to say that I think every single one of the Bible readings that we just heard this morning is pretty right on, as we like to say here at All Saints, for Independence Day. And of the three main lessons, Ezekiel, that great prophet of the Old Testament, carries with it, I believe, a very appropriate and important message for all of us in the church on this great day of the beginning of the freedom of our wonderful nation. The reading from the prophet Ezekiel this morning is actually taken from the very beginning of Ezekiel's own story at the exact moment when God breaks into Ezekiel's life and calls Ezekiel to be God's prophet at a much needed time in the history of God's people, the Israelites, falling right in line with all those other biblical stories of God's call to the prophets, from the greater prophets that are Isaiah and Jeremiah, through the lesser prophets, from Hosea all the way through the Zechariah. Ezekiel's calling is very similar. It is completely unexpected. And if you continue to read through that second chapter, you'll find that Ezekiel in particular is full of the supernatural when God appears to him. Ezekiel tells us in the beginning of the second chapter, the Lord said to me, O mortal, stand up on your feet, and I will speak with you. And when he spoke to me, a spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. Now this certainly isn't that small, dreamlike, quiet voice in the night that the prophet Samuel heard. Nor is it even the voice of a bush on fire, which was first heard by Moses in the wilderness. For Ezekiel, it is nothing short of a lightning strike demanding Ezekiel to get up on his feet and stand up in front of the Lord, his maker. And we can only deduce that Ezekiel didn't quite respond quickly enough to the Lord's request because the prophet says that a spirit instantly enters into his body and forces him to leap up on his feet in front of God. That must have been incredibly shocking and frightening. Then God goes the next step further. For once he's shaken Ezekiel awake and made Ezekiel to stand up, God then gives Ezekiel the directions for where he is to go and what he is to do. God says this to Ezekiel. Mortal, I am sending you to the people of Israel, a nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. I am sending you to them and you shall say to them, thus says the Lord God whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they shall know that there has been a prophet among them. That's a powerful message, I think, that's meant to be full of that authority and force. For God doesn't tell the prophet every word in that moment that the prophet is to proclaim. God simply begins by telling Ezekiel, that he is to make that first important introductory phrase before everything else he says, thus says the Lord God. I can't help but think this is meant to sort of be like when you were a kid having a party in your backyard and you suddenly get called in by your mom and dad in the late night and told to go back out there and break up your friends who are having a little too much fun and making a little bit too much noise. When you go back out and do that, it isn't you who are telling them to keep it down. You are speaking for your mother and father who just happen to be the very people with the power and the authority to shut down that party and send everyone home whenever they choose to do so. So in the time of these great prophets of Israel, everyone who hears the prophet's voice proclaiming the words first given to Ezekiel, Thus says the Lord God, they had better pay attention and listen to the messenger because this is indeed the message from on high. And God isn't telling Ezekiel to go proclaim this message in some distant land that's far away. Ezekiel is being sent by the Lord God to speak this message to Ezekiel's own people. Now, it's always easy to know why someone who isn't from the same community or from the same school, or from the same city, is different from you. But it's something else entirely when you have to go out and point out the differences of your own friends and your own neighbors who have fallen out of sorts. Even Jesus this morning in that first part of the reading from chapter 6 in the Gospel of Mark gets into a whole host of trouble when he first preaches to the people in his own hometown of Nazareth. The gospel says that the people of Nazareth were astounded when Jesus suddenly shows up and starts trying to teach them in their local synagogue. The Bible says, they said, where did this man get all of this? What is this wisdom that's been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph?" Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? It's all their way, I think, of saying, we know this guy. We saw him running around in the streets when he was a snotty-nosed little boy. Who does he think he is now that he's grown up and found a whole ragtag gang of fishermen to follow him around? And Mark's gospel finishes by saying that the people who knew Jesus in his hometown of Nazareth took offense at what he was trying to say to them. In the Gospel of Luke's retelling of this very same visit to Nazareth, the people get so agitated by this young man they know, Jesus, that they, get, they want to take him out to a cliff and throw him off the side. I think they think that's what they need to do to teach this carpenter's son that he shouldn't tell them what they're supposed to believe. Ezekiel, 600 years before Jesus is given that very same task, to go and speak the word of God to his own people. To tell them that they have turned against the God who first gave them freedom from Egypt. The God who had shaped them and delivered them out of slavery. The very God who had given them their own independence day. When the Red Sea was parted and the people of Israel walked through the sea on dry land, escaping Pharaoh and beginning their own new journey to their promised land. That's what kind of prophet Ezekiel was called to be. A prophet preaching the truth to his own people at a time when they'd lost sight of the God who created them and sustained them and gave them life. And I believe that calling is also why this is the important first lesson we're hearing on this particular morning. It reminds us that all of us, whether we want to accept it or not, through our baptism into the body of Christ and into the church, are called to be prophets, just like Ezekiel. We are to stand before God's own chosen people and to proclaim, thus says the Lord God. This isn't just a proclamation for missionaries to make in some distant land in the midst of people who are of some other faith or have no faith at all. Ezekiel and all the prophets from Moses through John the Baptist to all the apostles of Jesus and St. Paul are called by God first and foremost to be prophets for their own people in their own times, to call God's people back to God who created them and gave them the gifts that they have benefited from, to redirect them to the God who truly sets us free. For true freedom, brothers and sisters, isn't just freedom to do whatever you want to do, and we all know that. From the church's understanding, true freedom is really about the freedom to put God first, to follow God, and to become more and more what God created all of us to be, which is nothing less than God's own sons and daughters. This is freedom that can free us from sin. And by freeing us from being slaves to sin and disorder, it gives us the real hope of being able to overcome the wages of sin and disorder, which is death. That's true freedom and independence that lasts beyond this physical liminal time and brings us into eternity. And that's why it's so important that when we as a people of God begin to stumble, when we begin to get off track, we need to be prophets who can stand up and remind us what the Lord God says to us in the words of Holy Scripture. And so this morning, that rare day when both the birthday of a great nation and the resurrection day of Jesus Christ come into full alignment for us, It's certainly the right day to celebrate all the gifts God has given us as a free republic, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. But I think it's also an important day to re-examine that Pledge of Allegiance, to re-examine the gift of independence, not from definitions of ideologies of political parties or governing bodies, but from our faith as fellow united disciples and followers of Jesus Christ, putting that first and foremost above everything else. This brings us back to what was proclaimed long before any of us or our nation ever existed. That great prophecy and revelation can help us to check how we're guiding and leading our community, our nation, and our world in love and peace which God lays out for us. How we're serving and lifting up our neighbors and our fellow citizens, but also the foreigners and the aliens, the poor and the downtrodden, those who have been put down and abused, stepped on and imprisoned from their own freedom in our midst. So that when we find a place where we ourselves have gotten off track, where we've turned our hearts away from God, the God of love and justice and freedom, then we can get back what Ezekiel is reminding us of on this morning of our own independence we can again let the spirit of God flow into us and stand us up as a people on two feet and we can be the prophets that are so needed in our own hometowns in our own communities and dare I say it even in our own churches no matter what we face in the action of doing so so that we can remind each other once again of the most important good news ever presented to us, the gospel of Jesus Christ, in order to ensure true independence and true freedom for all who will receive that message and be transformed by it and resurrected by it. For these are the words that are said by God, set before us in the prophets of old, and in the time of now. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.